This episode of Dump and Change brought to you by EP Roofing. Roofing Alaska since 2007. To say that EP is a big supporter of Alaskan hockey is a huge understatement. Former Raise the Roof sponsor for the Alaska Aces. Yeah, they did that. They re-roofed the Sullivan Arena. Not a big deal. These guys will roof your home, your business, your backyard rink. Hell, these guys will even roof your podcast studio. Do it right the first time. Call EP Roofing. That's EPRoofing.com. And we're back. Welcome to the Dump and Change uh, podcast, episode twelve. I'm your host, Reed McDonald. Um, yeah, we're we're on a good run right here. We made it past the uh, dreaded seventh episode, which uh, I think that they talk about in the podcast world of. Uh, uh, you know, everyone does a couple episodes and thinks they're out of the woods, but you have to get past that seventh. I don't know why seven, but um, we've made it past seven. So, uh, stoked! We got a good show for you guys today. We've got. Uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you who our our, uh, our guest is because that's not my job, not my job description. But um, unlike uh, a lot of the guys we've had on, uh, we've got an up and comer here who's uh, kind of like just in the middle of his uh, his uh, hockey journey, if you will. So. Um, but before we get to that, uh, we're just going to go around the room. Uh, to my right, my lovely co-host, Mr. Golden Voice, Walter Eunice. What's up, Walter? Uh, nothing. Excited to get back recording a little earlier than we normally would. Um, but when you get a when you get a uh, get a, a, a the talent that we were able to acquire for this uh, episode, unreal. Y- you make it happen. And uh, as always, uh, we're at the studio. Uh, yeah. EP Glines has made it work for everybody, and uh, I'm completing a little deck project for the uh, for the in-laws. Going How's that going? Swimmingly, as always. Um, I don't know how I'm going to charge them yet. It's going to be kind of awkward, considering they uh, clean up after me and feed me lunch and don't care when I'm there or if I'm there, how long it takes to do anything. So uh, the deck looks fantastic. The in-laws are super happy. Well, yeah, clearly. Of course. Clearly. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so that should be done tomorrow, and uh, we have some guests coming in uh, with COVID-19 uh, test results in hand, because that's required now at the uh, Anchorage International Airport, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do some rafting and some fishing and, uh, and a little bit of hockey, of course, uh, as well. So excited to be here tonight, excited to be with you boys, excited with our guests, not our guests, but both guests. And, oh, this uh, is huge. This, this is, is the first time fantastic. I think it's ever been done. For I guess I know it is, but so you're also you're doing decks, kind of a deck guy. Um, you're also helping the Tarps Off Boys with a, a kind of a, I don't know what you call that project. I'm in, I'm I got roped in as well, but um, yeah, they're uh, they're an interesting group. Uh, general labor for sure. They have a nice little project that they went to remove a deck, and uh, you and I were nice enough to come and uh, give them a little bit of advice from people that have, you know, maybe swung a hammer now. Consulting. Yeah, consulting. It's a consulting consulting job. For zero money. And they are, by the way. They are, yeah. Well, just like every hobby that we have, really. Yeah, we talked about that. We take up these hobbies like this podcast (laughs) that pay absolutely no money and take up a bunch of time. Where do I sign up? Yeah. My wife reminds me that all the time. Where do you sign up? Do another one. Just find Reed, Walt, Ginge, and Glines, and we'll show you all sorts of expensive stuff that you could do uh, that – you know gets no money back yeah it's it's kind of a it's kind of a trend unfortunately uh our producer the big ginge how you doing bud great great how you i just want to throw a shout out to uh kevin hay out right now hopefully i'm not stomping on your uh your intro here steve he came over here last night and uh 
ran all the wires, hooked everything up. We did a bunch of tech stuff last night and uh, slowly phasing me out. So I was getting kicked out of the band, boys. So uh, who's Kevin Hale? Kip. Did he mean Kevin? Kevin Hale. Exactly. Uh, so your buddy, are you done? Are you done with Kevin? Hale? I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm not done. done with Kevin. I mean. Oh yeah, go ahead. I know what you're going into right oh, now. Oh, so I just want to say, like a good buddy of yours and mine and everyone here, um, Travis Martin, our good buddy Travis Martin. Travis Wayne. We're Martin. thinking our, our heart goes out to you, buddy. You're getting snipped today. And that that that's a bitch. So all week, um, I uh, I've been busting his balls, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, about how how horrible it was. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I actually uh, I am I am uh, also snipped. I guess can you is that a the proper terminology? I mean, doctor, it's sounds pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I just want to give. So I, the, the whole week he was just nervous as as. as we all are when sharp objects get in that area. Um, so I'm just like giving him, giving it to him the whole time. And, uh, but I got to tell you my personal story, and this is why I was giving it to him because I was so afraid of, of getting that procedure done. The vasectomy, so afraid and for good reason. Um, some go good, some go not so good, but mine was, um, I I had a monomarth in my earphones. I look like a lot of heavy metal. I'm listening to Viking metal because I'm like I'm a Viking and it's not going to make me any less. I'm mm, got my beanie pulled down. I get in there. Doctor comes in. Great guy. He's checking it out. Whatever. In comes the nurse and you know they got to got to do the they got to wash you up right. They got to disinfect everything. She just you know not oh, great. So, and, I, and you're doing one of these, you're like, oh, that kind of feels good, but it's kind of awkward. She's like, hey, are you one of those guys from Odd Man Rush? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of those guys. And she's like, you know, my son played hockey with Ross's, who's my partner in the business, uh, one of them, with Ross's son, Jesse. I'm like, that's great. That's, that's awesome. That's great. She gets done. It's totally awkward. So you get she to the actual, done or you get done. Oh, no, but she gets oh. finished with her procedure. I'm, I'm still in shock at this point. So then, um, you know, you always fear that they don't put enough local down there. And damn it, if they ask for whatever, I'm not a doctor, but if they ask for 10 cc's, go 20. If they ask for 20, go 40. Um, because about halfway through, can you feel that? No. He starts going, yeah, he feels like he's, it felt like he was shoving one of my nuts through my stomach. And I'm like, holy mother of God. You put your hands down there. Not supposed to do that because that's, that's sterile down there. Got in trouble for that. Um, so anyway, it was not a good good scenario. I come out of there um, kind of uh, pale as my wife said. You were pale. I mean, you were white as a ghost. So, so I, I, of course, told Travis that the whole time. But uh, And I think Travis had kind of a similar story. He wouldn't really tell, but we called him before that. And we said it was okay to use his name. But Trav, you know, good luck to you, buddy. I'm sorry about it. His wife was nice enough to make a uh, care package. Fruit, uh, not I said fruit basket, but I didn't mean fruit basket. I meant a gift basket of like uh, plays on words. And he's got a picture of it. Yeah, yeah here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just tell you, you right gotta now. Tell him she, she, got him, she got him a half gallon of fireball with a post-it note on it that says, sorry, your balls are on fire. <laughs> She got him a Gatorade Zero that says zero kids in our future. And she got him some milk duds that says now shooting on a post-it note in front of the milk duds. So now shooting duds. Dude, awesome. Got him a bag of David seeds. 
Ranch flavor. Good call. Rest in peace to your seeds. Just stuff like that. That's a good wife. That's a good, good wife. Good woman. Sense of humor. Was that surgery the one where you announced everybody that you were an elite athlete and then you sent the video? <laughs> no. But the, the, now you brought that up, I actually have uh, I have an issue uh, internally. Um, uh, anyway, I had to have a um, – Oh, yeah. God, what do they call it? A cig- uh, cig- um, colonoscopy. So I had a colonoscopy. That's right. And um, I'm drugged up. They gave me fentanyl. And, I, and I'm, so my wife said, I said, when I come out of there, you start recording because this is good stuff. You get good stuff. We're all, so about, the We're all about the content. She's, she's recording. And at one point, I, I, uh, I throw Glines under the bus. Uh, he's, he's a referee, and we always refer to him as fucking Glines. So right. I, I say that. And at one point, I'm like, I, I got a low resting heart rate. It's okay. I got a low re- I'm an elite athlete. <laughs> Clearly, clearly not. But, this video um, was probably the best video that he's ever seen. Do not seen. remember a thing, but it was classic. And anyway, the best part was your wife was in the background kind of giggling, which just made it better. Well, she, she made a point. What did you call yourself? Yeah. An elite athlete? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't remember a thing. So anyway, uh, back to uh, – sorry, get off the rails there. Uh, our executive producer, Steve Glines. Oh, Rito. Uh I had something prepared, but I think I'm out in right field picking daisies right now. Um, 45 years old. Um, y'all love my little daughter Paisley. She's two. Do the math there. She's my first and only child. And uh, we've been talking the last couple of years. We've come to the agreement about a year ago that I, too, am going to go under the knife. And uh, first was, you know, it was the holidays and we're traveling and then COVID and all this. and. So I, I, I was actually going to make the phone call this week, and I think I'm going to pass on that for a little bit. Um, so when I'm 68 and I'm on child number seven, I'm blaming you guys. Yeah. But actually, we blame, we blame Swanee. That's right. Swan- I actually, I, I texted uh, Travis today, and he, I, he still blames Swanee, as I do. And, we're gonna, and I'm not going to tell that Swanee story here because we're going to have Swanee in the pod, and he's going to have to tell that one, or I'll tell it. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's slipping past the goalie uh, there. A little late in life too. De Niro, five hole shot. They've all done it. He'll, yeah, look, he'll, done. he'll look good in he'll a wheelchair, wheelchair graduation. It'll be he'll fine. Be fine. Yeah. And we roped him into coaching hockey for another that ten years at least. Swan dog. He'd be Swan fine. dog. He's yeah, good. He's good. Um, and we uh, we're back to Kevin Hale. Kevin Hale. We didn't really. Um, we don't really have a. Um, we don't have a title for Kevin. What so exactly does he do? He does here? a lot. I, I don't know because yeah. every time I look it's, over it's my out of shoulder, my, it's out of my, I'm the on-air talent. I don't yeah. really mm, mess with the nerdery stuff. But there's yeah. a lot of yeah, a lot of cameras, a lot of wires, a lot of knobs. You twist a lot of knobs. Um, what do you what do you call somebody that does that? I'm not sure. A knobber. A knobber. Mm. Engineer. Oh. Engineer. Oh. <laughs> nice. Says the doctor. Says does that the give doctor. does that give anything away? Yeah. Engineer. Like well, that. that's, that's all right. Good. Is Engineer. that is that the new one? Is like it, it is it official? Like you thank you thank him it. for your text. I was sold on knobber. Okay, <laughs> Kale, but you're the engineer now. Okay, Mr. Engineer. Engineer. Can we introduce him as engineer? Engineer Kevin Hayo. Hayo. Um, Hayo. Um, he's back there behind the camera, so he's not going to talk yeah. very much. So, uh, so anyway, you don't want to see him. Anyway. Um, as again, like I said before. Uh, most of our guests that we've had on so far to this point have been uh, their playing career, uh, however good it may have been, uh, they're done. But we have a we have a guy that's actually uh, on the way up. I mean, 
I don't want to even say you're halfway through your, we don't know. I mean, the, the sky's the limit with this kid. So, um, on that note, I'm going to let, uh, Walter give the intro this time. He's not surprised. Like the one time I did that. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we have a good understanding of who's doing the intros now. And, and, uh, this intro, uh, is one of those ones that's extremely easy because, uh, the list of accomplishments of our guest today uh, can only be summed up with one word. Wow. Today's pod star played his youth hockey for the Alaska All-Stars and Junior Aces before playing one season for the South High Wolverines, at which point he left Alaska to chase his hockey dreams. After one season with the Pikes Peak Miners of the NAPHL, he played 32 games with Sioux Falls Stampede of the USHL before going on to star at the University of Maine Black Bears. Uh, after three seasons, uh, wrapping up at, at, after his junior year, he was a Hobie Baker Award finalist as college hockey's most valuable player, which is odd because goalies really only have one job. Uh, <laughs> World Junior Bronze Medal, puck. World Junior Bronze Medal, Collegiate All-American, Hockey East Goaltender of the Year, Hockey East Player of the Year, Walter Brown Award winner, Mike Richter Award winner, fourth round draft pick, 111th overall, the Boston Bruins. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of those lists that truly could go on and on. I skipped a bunch of accomplishments. What a pleasure it is to introduce Mr. Jeremy Swayman. Hey, good to be here, guys. And now you've done a lot of uh, podcasts. Sorry. Hold on, hold Sorry. On. And Mr. <laughs> Ken Swayman as well has joined the pod. Doctor. Dr. Ken <laughs> yeah. Swayman yeah. has joined the pod as well. That's my fault. I'm sorry. And that, that's what I was going to say. You've, you've done a ton of podcasts. Have you ever done one with your old man? No, this is the first one. Pretty, uh, pretty cool experience. And, and, and the dog Jade, is uh, your dog is here as well? Dog is here. Running around the property. Well, yeah. maybe in the- this is a pretty unique environment, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as you know, our, um, our podcast is, is more of an Alaska hockey-based podcast, so that's kind of where we start with most of our guests. I know you've um, – I mean, we go like, – like he said he missed a lot. I went through, and it's like – 2019, the list oh, yeah. just kind of kept going on and yeah. on and on well, and on. I mean, what, I do mean you, what do you list and what don't you? Un, un, unbelievable. Um, I, wa- I do also want to say that uh, – can you stand up for a second? Did you do this on p- purpose, but he's wearing lobster shorts. shorts. Are you trying to suck oh. it up or – Nice. Nice touch. That was a nice <laughs> touch. Ginger's wearing the lobster shorts. Right. Lobster. 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 I don't, I don't have that. Um, so, uh, so stoked that you're here. Um and like we say to, to all the guests, um, we're big fans. Obviously, we, we uh, follow Alaska hockey players um, pretty closely. And uh, um, so you, with this global pandemic, you find yourself at home. Um, lucky for us. Uh, what's your, what's your kind of – you have some workout uh, routines you want to share with us to start out? Yeah. No, it's a pretty unprecedented time. and. You know, it's good to be home for one thing. Uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, you know, except by my dad right here. But uh, no, I mean, it's uh, again, it's just really unpredictable. But uh, I've took advantage of, you know, everything. And uh, honestly, probably Anchorage, Alaska or E River is uh, one of the best places to be in the world right now. You know, everything, everyone's kind of on the same page, uh, you know, being responsible, social distancing and stuff. And, and our economy's opened back up. So it's really good to be home at this time. And, you know, just taking advantage of that is important to me. 
Well, I mean, I I watched the uh, we at we well we creep all of our guests Instagram <laughs> and social media to gain as much knowledge as we can. Sure. But uh, the video you did for the the Boston Bruins when you're up in the peaks was I mean, dude, it, that's epic. I mean, yeah. especially re- those people that they I mean, for us it's like yeah, it's, know, well, and the, it's not a big deal, but the reply was great. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, Jeremy you Swayman, win. you win, <laughs> you win. So what? what so you're a little bit of a hiker, a little bit of a. Mountaineer, armchair mountaineer. Yeah, no, I uh, grew up doing that. Uh, a lot of credit goes to my dad for that, but grew up hiking, fishing, uh, backpacking, golfing, you name it. You know, everything was outside and growing up as a kid, you know, dad get pissed if I didn't come back with uh, scrapes on my knees and stuff from biking and stuff. So good uh, man. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've been outside quite a bit and, you know, as I'm getting older, start doing these, you know, a little more epic trips and getting to know Alaska a little more is, uh, it's pretty special. So taking advantage of that while I'm here is, uh, it's been a good time. So you're, you're from South Anchorage. Uh, you're North of the river now, as we call it North of the river, but, uh, um, you're on the right side of the but, river. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what were your, some of your go-to hikes, uh, from, from South Anchorage? I mean, like my go-tos are like right in my backyard. Right. So sure looking at them right now. It's pretty yeah. epic. Yeah. Uh, go-to hikes like Chugach range, you know, flat top peak two, peak three areas. That's, that's a quick drive for me. Uh, I fall in love with Bird Ridge. That's a great one. Just go yeah. straight up. Uh, I recently did Mount Marathon for the first time last weekend. That's not very close, but it was How epic. was that? It was epic. Yeah, I mean, I have a whole new respect for these marathoners now. They go, they're running that thing and, you know, getting up in, you know, less than an hour and down in less than 20 minutes kind of stuff. But, uh, no, that's uh, that's been great. And, you know, we, we're trying to plan a backpacking trip, you know, here pretty soon. I think Kasugi Ridge up by Denali National Park is uh, – is in the works so pretty excited about that that's awesome so so dad uh doctor uh you're you're from brooklyn yes still got the accent and the uh, volume words and yeah yeah I, I gotta tell you guys I, i'm not proud alaskan hockey dad specifically an alaskan hockey goalie dad but after meeting you guys and seeing this process here it's it's now over the top <laughs> i don't think i could ever leave alaska now after seeing this, being part of this what a what a model you got here, and touche to you guys. This Thank is, you. This I, is I appreciate Thank that. You. And, the, and the Hefeweizen's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> odd, odd Man Rush, Mile High Hefeweizen, by the way. One of our sponsors. I actually forgot to say that. This is the Odd Man Rush Studios, and that will be, over my left shoulder, will be the new home of Odd Man Rush Studios whenever Glines gets that done. I think he's behind schedule at this point. But Where's your framer, Glines? <laughs> his, his framer was a no-show today. We're not going to name names, but... Um, also an Alaska hockey tag, but we won't name names. Yeah. So, so can't. So, what got you into hockey? Did, did Dad play? Not, not in any formal sense. Like you guys have been playing here. I was always a fan. You know, growing up in Brooklyn, New York Ranger fan. Uh, you know, pretty big time. My, my older brother got me into. We used to go watch him practice, and you know, the days of Bobby Orrity, Jockman, uh, Brad Park, those guys. Oh wow. Um, but never really played formally. Grew up actually. As a basketball player, thought he would be one. But Got the just, height. Just gravitated. You know, <laughs> no hops, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> put him on skates at age two and then never looked back. Yeah. And just kind of took it, started goaltending uh, age five. So you, are you still a Ranger fan? Or? I became a Bruins fan. June I was going to say, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, still, I yeah. still like the Rangers and respect them and wish them well, but of course, the 100% Bruins fans. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so Jeremy, tell us a little bit about like what what got you into hockey. What was the attraction um, to get you into the sport? Yeah, like you said, I was skating at two two years old in the ponds in the winter time, and 
he was actually a volunteer doc for the UAA uh, Seawolves, so he would see all the athletes, and he ended up getting, uh, you know, free tickets to the UAA games. So I grew up watching college hockey, uh, you know, ever since I could walk, and you know, I think uh, it was meant to be. But our tickets were legit right behind the goalie, and so I'd be seeing, you know, uh, back then it was WCHA as North Dakota, all those schools were in that, and the so it was like boys. legit, you know. It still is, but I'm just it was legit with the. You know some big names in there and so all i could see was the goalie i had no other vision and then so i fell in love with the pads first off i thought the pads were pretty cool and uh i told him one day i was like dad i want to be a goalie and he said no you won't and <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a standard parent answer <laughs> yeah and uh gordy morgan I don't know, it might be a familiar name to you guys but uh he ended up getting me a pair of pads and tried it out and that's when i really fell in love with it yeah so actually you started in the garage Gordy, yeah. Gordy gave me a set of pads. They put them on and start shooting on them. So we got a net, started shooting on them, and the holes in the garage are still there to this day. So, have, have, yeah. so we did you skate like your first? Your first, uh, when you, you know, like we all know, you, you skate with like mini mites or mites or whatever, like U six or U eight, yeah. whatever they call it yeah. now, um, or eight U. I don't even know. I say it, I say it wrong all the time. But um, changes year to year. So, yeah. so do you? Are you like immediately drawn to the net? Because I mean, I, let's face it, all the go, all all the kids love to play goalie, but there's like those certain guys that like really love to play the goalie. weirdos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's a couple of pictures of me playing for the Ice Pups, and I was in the net, just kind of standing around, but. No, I love to score goals too. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I love to rip pucks and and uh, shoot. But yeah, I just think uh, there is something that came out. You had to be the best skater on the ice to be a goalie. Well, and that, so, that you're a beautiful skater. Thank and that's you. what they say about. It. I mean, you you can skate. I mean, from the time you come out of the warm up thing, you can tell. You can tell the kid's skater. You can tell that yeah, you you can skate. So that's a huge part of the game. Having goalies move. I mean, being big is one thing, but having that movement and skating ability is like. It's got to be number one. Yeah, right? the day of the fat kid in net is long gone. <laughs> well, no, it is. Yeah. It's long yeah. gone. Like, it's the yeah. biggest, strongest, most athletic, best skater that's the goalie now. So, it. Uh, I actually saw a really cool picture of you with a pretty epic celebration at an all-girls scrimmage today where you scored a goal. I saw that. Congratulations. Huh? Nice. I was nice. fired up. Nice. Yeah, I told you I love to score I goals. Tell. They all count. They all count. Yeah. So, so we talked about um, uh, we both have kids that play – um and i had a my youngest child gavin when he was uh he's 16 now he wanted to be he started playing mini mites whatever and then you, you trade out like the one kid plays goalie yeah. one game the next kid plays goalie so he got in there and he's like oh, i really like this goalie thing and so i've been coached for a while at that point i'm like and it's a dreaded oh your kid wants to be a goalie ah <laughs> yes because it's really inexpensive right pads are like really cheap oh yeah so, so talk talk a little about that when he decides to be a goalie. What, what what's your thought process? Well, the, the truth is, I was always fascinated by the goalie position, and we we have pictures around our house of Eddie Jock and Gilles Villemur, who were the goalies of you know in the '60s and '70s for the Rangers, uh, and Jerry Chivas for the Bruins actually as well. So I was always fascinated by the goalie. My my brothers used to say, "You gotta be crazy to be a goalie," you know, and and Jeremy was kind of the crazy kid. Fit the mold. He fit the mold. Yeah. Uh, just, I think he just liked the excitement and, uh, his passion was, uh, contagious and we just ran with it and we did what we had to do and he took it from there. That's what you, that's what you have to do. And I always told, uh, parents who came to my, I was coach and they're like, Oh my kid wants to be a goalie. Oh my God. And I'd be like, Hey man, you gotta gotta embrace it because I mean, kids want to be a goalie, want to be a goalie. So in it, it kind of funny story, twist of fate. Gavin wants to be a goalie. 
And I'm like, all right, I gotta suck it up. I he's, gotta. They he's suck the youngest. It. Yeah, he's so, so he wants to be a goalie. So I'm like, okay, you you can be a goalie. I mean, I'm I'm I, I tell everyone else that, but I, and inside I'm like, oh god, dang it, he's gonna be a goalie. So I'm like, I be a goalie, you're a goalie. And he's weird too. So he 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 starts off. He starts off huge head, play, feet. Plays yeah, huge feet. You know what they say about huge feet? Huge shoes. Um, so he and he, skates and skates. So he plays one year is awesome. He's actually pretty good. Next year he's like, ah, come on, play out. Okay, play out. Plays a couple games out. Ah, come on, go back. Nope. Oh, you missed your chance. Missed your window. <laughs> nope. It's over. I already sold your pads. So uh, so he's a defenseman now. So gotcha. he had to settle. Um, so uh, back to uh, hockey in Alaska. Take us through kind of some of the guys you play with, some of the coaches you play with uh, growing up in Alaska? Yeah, I mean, I wish I could name them all, but, you know, grew up, uh, Todd Beth or Jim Mays were my early coaches, and I was a really young guy, and they, I think I was in preschool, and I was playing with, like, 96 birth years, so they were in second, third grade, and I remember, you know, you probably have some funny stories with that, but I got picked for the team, and, you know, again, I was in preschool. And these guys are like shooting, shooting a little harder than, uh, you know, they should be for, for my age. But ever since then, I played up and, uh, you know, kind of grew up with that age group. So Todd Beth and Jim Mays definitely sparked a, uh, you know, sparked something for me. And then when, what was, what happened? Who was the next coaches there? Shazby. Shazby. Yeah. I had the Shazby brothers. And yeah. that was when I started traveling too. So that was a travel team. And what year do you think that was? You 14? Oh, before that. Well, well Bethard mm-hmm. and Mays. Uh, it was five years. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were there for a while. And and you were, you weren't even in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so we're at uh, Dempsey Anderson. Uh, Gordy Morgan was the one that said he should try out as a goalie, uh, you know, for them, my team. And I said, well, you know, he's he's not even in kindergarten yet. He said, just just let him do it, and he makes the team. So I'm talking to Todd Bethard, and I'm like, you know, he's not even in kindergarten yet. You guys got second and third graders here, and he says, oh yeah, we know. <laughs> and I just totally trusted him from there, and you know, uh, I can't speak uh, any higher. Those guys were just amazing uh, people, mm-hmm. and they really kind of cemented, kind of uh, sparked it off. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're great, yeah. great guys. I mean, yeah. we, I, I coach with Maisie, yeah. and uh, my little brother played. I grew up playing with with Bethard, so yeah. um, and Gordy's a great guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you grow up. Uh, we want to really touch base on high school hockey a little bit. You played south. I did. Just yeah. Again, you're north of the river. You're you're in enemy territory right sorry, now. Sorry but. about sorry about that. <laughs> so tell uh, who did you play for? We were trying to think of the coach back then, and was uh, it? Yeah, Steve Beldy. Beldy. I, I actually played two years. I was there freshman and sophomore year. JV my freshman year. What? Yeah, JV. Who was the varsity goalie? Uh, Davis Kitagawa transferred from East, and then Kevin Lake. Uh, was oh, Lakers. sophomore, yeah. so he's a year above yeah. me. So Lakers, Lakers' little brothers in 07, and he played goalie up to last year. And then he he was Todd Bethard's goalie for yeah. years and years. And uh, he last year said, I don't want to play goalie anymore. Hmm. Wow. And he skated out, and he, and every time I seen him, I said, you having fun? He says, so much fun. So yes. it, was kind of, it was kind of the opposite, right? Like he right. got into goalie, really excited, and then he was then he was out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, real quick, I mean, there, there's that, there's that uh, age-old thing that goalies are weird. And as as a hockey player, Different. I've been around a while. It, it's it's mostly true. I mean, you seem normal right now, but I'm going to tell you a story about when I played college with a guy named Joff Sargent. His name was Joff. His actual real name was Jeff. 
but his best friend was named Jeff, so he changed the pronunciation of his name to Joff. That's how weird that kid is. Anyway, he gets to college, and he is normal. He's a normal guy until you add alcohol. There it is. That's that's it. You're a goalie. So, uh, so is there any truth to that? I mean, you seem like a pretty normal, well-adjusted guy. Yeah, I take pride in being probably one of the more normal goalies. I they all my, say that. Check with my way. teammates all the time. Yeah, you can fact check that. But, uh, no, I definitely uh, take pride in that one. That that's awesome. I, I actually believe you right now. Thank you. I, you know, and I, I believe him too. I guess <laughs> that no, a few more. No, no I believe. Just even judging by, uh, you know, Reed had put in a lot of footwork trying to message and everything else, and and then I just happened to be in the right space place at the right time and just talking to you initially right then small town yeah totally. you, you seemed very like you know you look at it, you look at a person in the eyes you shake their hand and it was, it was uh well we good fist, job dad we fist bump <laughs> we fist bump we don't shake hands we fist bump. um but no it, and, that, and that's kind of the one of the initial things that struck me too is like this this goalie is uh he seems fairly normal appreciate cool. that yeah well that that's <laughs> you're the first guest guest we've had where i i really don't have any personal connection with you i don't yeah. know you Nobody, at all yeah, none, none other than being a fan yeah. um so this is this is awesome that we can hopefully still pull this off <laughs> um fake it till you make it fake it till you make it so you play uh in alaska freshman sophomore year junior year you leave to play hockey in colorado for the pikes peak 18 triple a team mm-hmm. um so we talk a lot about i don't know if you listen to our podcast uh, i gotta say the three other listeners that listen can attest to <laughs> but um we, we talk a lot about uh one of the one of the uh, things going on in, in alaska hockey right now is kids leaving early mm-hmm. and i'm uh, leaving like so you leave you're a legitimate stud and that's what my point is like you top four or five in their in their age group Bye bye. You want to play for someone, but and this is this is proof of that. I mean, right. you went out there. So tell us about about the decision to to leave Alaska and and go to that next level. It's not as glorious as you think. <laughs> no, I'm serious because uh, it was it wasn't planned, and this is uh, kind of the turning point in my career. I think so. I was a sophomore in high school. Just played U16 uh, Oilers, and actually, Mary Waldrop started that team because. I told him I came up because him and I have a really close, tight relationship. I've probably done 200 skates, 6 a.m. skates with him, you know, in my lifetime here. So him and I are tight. Uh, and I told him, I said, I don't want to leave uh, for my U16 years. I'm a sophomore in high school. I'm 16 years old. You know, I, I think I'm too young. And, you know, I don't want to leave yet because I think there's still hockey to be played here. And he he definitely took me under his wing, and he, he made a U16 team called the Oilers. And now look at it today. So it's definitely a, a pretty amazing organization he's made. And But – Anyway, after that year, there was no U18 team, and there was no other choice for me but to play juniors. And so throughout that year, uh, my goal was to play junior somewhere, uh, you know, NAHL or USHL. And I ended up getting a sniff from the Kenai River Brown Bears, and I went to their training camp, uh, their legit training camp. I got to go down there, and, you know, I'm 16 years old, frail, and weak as shit and I'm, I'm i'm working out with these 21 year olds 20 year olds just mooses like guys look like they have three kids already just bearded <laughs> up and all and all veterans man and i'm just like holy cow like this is this is crazy and that was a great experience i think i did fine you know jeff bull was the coach there at that time and and he was pretty happy with how i performed and he said he'd 
keep in contact me with me throughout the year and uh we did like three or four tournaments out of state that year did well got some uh got some interest but really nothing else like Keena brown bears was like my team and so i ended up signing a tender with them uh which is you know pretty rare for a sophomore in high school to sign a tender oh, big and, time yeah so i was i was super stoked and you know obviously he was happy and well, my dad dr dad here and uh you know he uh basically said i mean a tender for people that know is basically equivalent to a first round draft pick or equivalent to a roster spot almost like you don't you don't tender a kid unless you really think highly of him you think you're going to be on your team so that kind of went to my head a little bit and i was young and uh you know i i didn't didn't really realize what i what i had signed and that summer after i signed the tender you know i had all these promises from bopas boparant and he's like you know you're gonna come in and you're gonna play games for us you're gonna you're gonna win us games and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm a shoe in, you know, I, I'm already on the Kenai Brown Bears. I'm a, I'll be a junior in high school. That's like perfect. My career starting. So I didn't, uh, didn't have the summer that I should have training wise. You know, I took, uh, took days off probably. And, you know, didn't take my nutrition as seriously as I could have, uh, still active, right. I was still, still getting pucks, but, uh, definitely could have taken it to another level. And I went to main camp in Minnesota. Well, how many 150 kids do you think there's like eight teams with like 16 goalies. And, you know, I'm the only tendered goalie. And I'm like, 16 years old. I got this. I got yeah. this, yeah. And so had an okay camp, nothing spectacular by any means. I made the all-star game, probably let in a couple that I shouldn't have, and went into my exit interview still pretty confident, you know, all right, I'm going to be on the Kenai Brown Bears. And in my exit interview, Bo Perron looks at me and he says, we think you need another year of development. And I just kind of sat back in my chair and I went, oh, shit, like, that's not what I wanted to hear. And so that was my biggest setback, uh, you know, that I've ever been through being cut from a team. And I just kind of, you know, listened to him talking and he's just like, yeah, you, you know, we want you to go develop. And it's going to be possible that, you know, you're going to have such a great year at U18 somewhere that you're going to bypass the North American League and go right to the USHL. And I said, there's no way you can't start promising me all this stuff. I didn't even make your team. Went outside, talked to my dad, and, you know, that wasn't a great conversation. He was pretty upset. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, we were scrambling. You know, my dad and I were scrambling for a team. We had no idea what to do. There's no U18 team in Alaska, and I didn't want him to have to pay for me to go play out-of-state hockey and hear all these horror stories. Guys are paying, you know, $30,000, $40,000 in prep schools and everything, and they're still not getting exposure. And I just didn't want to have to have him do that. You know, he's already done so much for me for my career that at that point, and so – there was a whole new motivation for me at that point on. And I basically, we, we had a consensus that I would have one more year, you know, to really, to really get my career going or else we're going to kind of call it quits. And ended up uh, getting in contact with a coach named Greg Vanover. You can actually tell the story really well. I'm going to pass it over to you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting out in the parking lot in the rent-the-car in the, <clears throat> the suburb of, uh, it was near Blaine, right? It was near Blaine, Minnesota. It wasn't Blaine, but it was near there. And the, it was a week-long camp. And, you know, those are uh, grinders, you know, for, not only for the kid, but for the families. You know, you, you go in there for, you know, five days to seven days. And like Jeremy said, um, there's a little bit of a business model with that. They have a lot of kids. They're right. charging a lot. And you're, you're getting a hotel. And, you know, you got to go eat at uh, Applebee's every night or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. So it's a, it was a grind. It was a whole week. Uh, truth be said, I mean, I, I, I watched every minute of the camp. And, he did fine. I mean, he was as good as any of the other goalies. Granted, he was not even 16 yet, or just turned 16, and the other, all the goalies were like 18, 19, or 20. 
so there was a maturity difference in the physicality and, 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 and uh, you know, how they maybe handled themselves. Uh, and this is not an insult to Jeremy, he just didn't have the experience yet. And the last day, the, the, like you said, there was an all-star game, and you know, he did let in a couple of weak ones. Uh, I always tease him. I say, you know, I'm going to tell you the good stuff. I'm going to tell you the bad stuff. And those two goals, our dog could have stopped. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's, it that's, happens. That's, it's, it, I say it with love, but, it's, you know, I, I tell it like it is. He's got to know like it is. And when I was waiting in the parking lot during the exit interviews, it was minutes were ticking, and I said, this is not good. Because I figured he was going to come out and say he already got his uniform measured and his Here's my bag. Here's yeah. My, yeah. Because the other kids were coming out like that. And he wasn't coming out. So I started preparing myself mentally. And indeed, that's, he comes out and you know, I, he was crying. And in hindsight, I think it was the turning point. And I, I think we have nothing but gratitude for, for Coach Bo Perant now because that changed his whole mentality of how he approaches not only just hockey, but, but life. You know, as a hockey dad, hockey goalie dad, a last, proud Alaskan hockey goalie dad, even prouder now after meeting you guys and being on this podcast. <laughs> You know, hockey is more than just a game. It's 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 really part of life. Absolutely, I mean, it's a part of life, and it's a lifestyle certainly for us that we've chosen and embraced. And I think getting cut from that team changed his mindset, so that whatever he does, be it in hockey, uh, as a parent, as a husband, uh, whatever he does, he's always going to go back to that moment of what it felt like. Uh, and I wouldn't say it was even rejection. It was more disappointment. Yeah. Because the preparation, and, and you know, Jeremy can comment on this. We had talked about it. Um, you know, being a physician, I'm always about preparation. You do a surgery, you, you spend hours and hours preparing for it before. You, know, you take a test, you spend weeks preparing for it, months preparing before you take the actual test. And I, I don't think he had the maturity at that point to go into that main camp thinking, i got to work my ass off. This is nothing as a shoo-in. Right. A roster spot is not a guarantee. And he learned that lesson. And he came in the car, and I think we were there in the car for a while. We didn't leave the parking lot for a while. Um, and he said to me something that I'll never forget, and I don't think he will either. He says, that I will never be cut from a team again. And to his credit, he hasn't been. I love it. But, but more so, and again, not to embarrass Jeremy here, it's a mindset how he's applied it to life and how he treats people and how he treats animals and how he just lives life. So Coach Bo Perant did more for him than he knew at the time. And we, we went back to, so we didn't know what we were going to do. Merritt didn't have a U18 team. Right. Keith Morris You're and Merritt, they were run that program. there was no U18 team. And, you know, we love Alaska. We didn't want him to leave early, and that's why you know, we have this great friendship with Merritt Waldrop, who's, uh, he walks on water in our great eyes, guy. as great does Keith guy. Morris. Yep. And I, I, I tell him that they think I'm crazy, but I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. They didn't have a team, so there was nowhere to play in Alaska. And we're like, what, you know, we're going to send you to a prep school? I mean, at, at, as a, you know, most of the kids were already at those prep schools. So he would have been coming in after the fact, you know, I, I did, I called Shaddix, what was that other one? Um, Kimball Union. Kimball. They had goalies. They were, like, they were interested in him, but they had goalies. I mean, Marty Brodeur's son was there, you know? I mean, they're not going to say, well, we're going to kick Marty Brodeur's son off and take yeah. your son. 
And my wife, in passing, just said, you know, what's that? All these kids are going to Colorado. What's that team? That's the team. And I said, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's the uh, Pikes Peak Miners. And a very dear friend of mine, Brian Ashley, his son was playing for the U16 Pikes Peak Miners. I call up Brian. I go, what's the name of the coach of the U18 team? And he says, Greg Vanover. He says, I'm, I could get you his number. He gets me his number. And I kid you not, it was a Sunday afternoon. I call Greg Vanover. He's in his car. And he's doing errands with his little kid and his wife. And I s- introduced myself, and I said, this is what's going on. And he says, well, I, I've heard of Jeremy. I know, I know, uh, just heard about him. And I said, he just got cut yesterday. So after Jeremy got cut from the team, it was a Saturday, we flew back that night because we had known that that was the last day, right? It was the, it was the All-Star game. So we had made flights to come back, but not thinking we would be scrambling to find the team. Yeah. We thought we'd be coming back in the celebratory mode. High-fiving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I call him on Sunday, and he says, well, Ken, the truth is, and we talked, and it was very comfortable, and he was a great guy. I could tell he was a you know, maverick coach. And he says, I got, I had, we had a tryout like three weeks ago. We have our team, oh, but let me call you back tomorrow. And I said, I, I trust you. And I said, if you can't figure it out yourself, maybe you can direct us. And he calls me back the next day, and he says, we're going to take him. We're going to take three goalies. He said, truth be known, one of our goalies just wants to play another year anyway. He's going to go to medical school, and he's, he's not really into hockey. The other goalie is a competitor. So, you know, Jeremy will fight for, for playing time, but we feel off the record that, you know, he'll get it. And lo and behold, uh, within two months, uh, he's in Colorado Springs, great billet family, and he just skyrocketed from there. So actually, you know, shout out to Bo Perrant. He really changed. A lesson, the, lesson learned, yeah. obviously. Yeah, that's the story. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great, all you kids listening out there, I hope there's not too many. <laughs> but um, uh, too many under eighteen. That's a great. That's a great lesson older. because I mean, a lot of the guys who uh, go through. I mean, there's the Scott Gomez's, but there's guys who you got to fail and you got to feel that and and move on. So that's awesome. I mean, Carl Springs, eh, not the best place to live. Oh. It's like only three hundred days plus of sunshine, and I mean, <laughs> so uh, so you go down there. You you play in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get any interest from? cc or denver i mean did you want to stay there i've been to cc it's freaking unbelievable yeah um i well, my billet family had season tickets to the cc games and at the time hunter fee just was there too and i was buddies with him doing pro skates in town and so i would go to cc games go in the locker room and stuff and never had any interest from cc i had a teammate on the team that i was like best friends with uh brendan doyle his dad was the assistant coach of the air force academy and by the end of the year, he, uh, his dad reached out to me, and then Frank Serratore, the head coach, reached out to me. He said, we'd like to have you for an unofficial visit. I never went on it, but he, he did reach out. So, again, I, I didn't really have contact with colleges at all uh, after that year, and I didn't have that much contact from USHL teams either. You know, there was – I had a family advisor at the time. Uh, I just got him, and, and he was saying that, you know, we want to get you drafted in the USHL next year. And I actually – I signed a tender with Wichita Falls halfway through the year. And that's in the North American League. So yeah. it was the second tender I signed. And, yeah, I wasn't going to get cut from that team, so don't worry oh, about I, that. But, uh, <laughs> you actually had, like, 
eight to ten teams and yeah uh, it was like every they, showcase there they were teams. calling i would like yeah <laughs> i'd be walking into the building it was all at the minnesota ice or what was that schwan, schwan super, super center yeah it was yeah. super Rinks, yeah so i these coaches were like gutty and they i would walk in and they would come up with tenders like right at like in the door and i would just like they were just like sign this and i was like you can't be doing that right now so it was pretty cool like it was a great experience but like you know being on the phone it was kind of like a prelude to colleges because they would be calling me and I'd be like, Oh, like what's the goalie situation? I need talking to different stuff. And then I'd be like hanging up on them because I would, didn't want them. You know what I'm saying? So like, I got to, I got to choose which Nall team I really wanted to go to. And, uh, yeah. So who was the coach at, uh, Wichita Falls? I forgot his name. LaFontaine. Yes. LaFontaine. Yeah. yeah. He went on to the USHL to, um, uh, Muskegon. Yeah. And yeah. so he was, he was like really big, uh, you know, he, he was a great guy. Yeah. He was yeah. legit. And, you know, I thought Wichita Falls, you know, was a good spot. So I ended up signing with Tender Wichita Falls, but that was it. That was the only interest I had that year. And I had a decent year. And uh, anyway, I just came back home after that, and you know, the USHL draft uh, was happening. And again, I had no no real buzz. Omaha said they draft me in the sixth round. That didn't happen. And uh, I was at South High School in Beldy's class. Steve Beldy. Yeah. What's he, what does he teach? Steve Bell. It was like a study hall or some some bogus class. So nothing. He teaches study hall. <laughs> yeah, Beldy's it was, teaches study it was, hall. It was something wild. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> study and, hall. You know, I mean, Beldy's great. I I do like him a lot, but you know, JV, when he put me on JV, I was I wasn't too happy with him, and so it was kind of like. Yeah, uh, the next year I played varsity with him, and you know he's a great coach, but and everything. But it was really cool to tell him I just got drafted in USHL. You know, I thought that was a cool experience. Yeah. And Not it, a big deal. Yeah, no, but baby eh, goalie. <laughs> <drafted him. laughs> uh, but basically, I mean, I'm looking at my phone, kind of. You know, round twelve goes by. Oh, was it, I was round twelve or sixteen. 12. Yeah, so like it was like kind of getting late in the draft. I'm like, oh man, maybe I'm not gonna get drafted. And yeah, round twelve came by, and I was late draft pick too. So. Never talked to Sioux Falls. I didn't know where Sioux Falls was. That was in Iowa. And I look up Sioux Falls Stampede Arena. I don't know either. <laughs> it's an NHL it's caliber a, yeah. arena. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah, arena. They got a nice facility. It was unbelievable. And I was like, holy, shit, I, I want to play for the Stampede. And uh, that summer, went to the Wichita Falls main camp, made the team there. And it was in Michigan. And then we actually we drove from Michigan through Chicago to Sioux Falls and went to Sioux Falls and knowing that I was already on a team. So that was a little bit of confidence for me. And, Pressure you know, off. there's, yeah. they drafted two goalies too. Sioux Falls dropped two goalies. This kid named Eric Dopp. And, uh, he was, he was like a third or sixth rounder. He was, he was, he went, he went a lot higher than I did. Six. And so, you know, I knew that there was some serious competition there anyway. Um, the Sioux, Sioux Falls main camp went on and made the all-star game and, uh, at the end of the camp, I look on the board and my name's on it. I made the team, and so that was pretty cool. Uh, what do you What do you take from that? I know you have a funny story from that one. Well, you did. He did well. He did well at the main camp. And um, uh, what story are you talking about? Oh, um, so at the end of the, of the camp, coach comes up to me. I'm just blanking. Owens, Scott Owens. He played. He coached CC. He coached CC. Yeah. Yeah. I know Scotty very yeah. well. Yeah. So there was some high caliber goalies at, at you know USHL main camp. You're gonna have high caliber goalies. I think they had six teams or eight teams. Yeah. So there's eight goalies. Two drafted. Eric Dopp, who ended up going to Bowling Green, and then you know Jeremy, of course, ended up going to Maine. 
they all were good. You know, when you watch these kids, they all look good to right, me. Right. And they're stopping pucks, and you know, no one's really letting in weak ones. But he was playing with a little bit of swagger. He, you know, again, he had a great camp in um, in uh, Detroit, you know, Wichita, and he he knew he and you know, Wichita, they kind of talked him up. You know, it's too bad that that team went under. They went under a year later, uh, but he would he would have been safe. He would have had a year there. Right. They had won uh, the the NAL championship the year before. So they were a firehouse team, and we were pretty stoked. And he was playing with confidence. Scotty Owens comes up to me in the hallway of uh, what's it called, Schwan uh, Schwan Ice Arena. Yeah. Beautiful you know, Sioux Falls. They don't skip a no, beat. No Shields. It was Shields, Shields Ice yeah. Arena. A- everything in Sioux Falls is top notch. Shields, c- Shields yeah. in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Yeah. Sioux, Sioux Falls um, is pretty amazing place. Yeah. You know, and they and they love hockey, and it's amazing people. And Scott Owens comes up to me in the hallway afterwards. He says, can I talk to you a little bit? And I'm like, sure. And he just started talking about, uh, you know, how Jeremy played. And he says to me, do you, do you know where, how kind of we see him on the pyramid? And I go, no, I wasn't really sure what he was talking about. And he takes his left hand and he puts it up really high. <laughs> and he says, here's where we see Jeremy on this pyramid. And then he says, kind of everybody else. And, and I, he wasn't being negative or derogatory right. at all. He was being a total professional. Yeah. I mean, Scotty Owens, as you know from CC, yeah. I mean, he, he brought that team to many frozen fours. Yeah. Right? I mean, so he knows how to talk to talk, and he knows how to coach. And he just says, you know, the other guys are, are down here, and he put his right hand much, much lower. And he says, you know, we want to take him, and uh, we think he'll, you know, we're going to play him. And I'm, I was like, it's music to my ears, coach. Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of yeah. how it went down. And, you know, there was a, a returning goalie coming back, Stezka. He was a third-round draft right. pick. Czech Republic. By the Minnesota Wild. And I wanted playing time. You know, I wanted to go to juniors and get get games because I know I wanted to be Division One hockey player one day, and you can't do that playing you know three to six games a year. And so I called my advisor and I said, "We got a good problem here." And he and I said, "I made both teams." And he started laughing on the phone. He's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I said, "I want to play in the USHL." It's every everyone in the USHL gets committed. And he said, "All right, well, you're gonna have to fight for playing time." said, all right, I wouldn't want it any other way. And it turned out Stezka didn't return to the Sioux Falls Stampede. And so it was scripted. And two new goalies came, and it was me and Mikhail Burden. And he was a Russian guy, and he's very good goalie. He was drafted by Winnipeg. And, you know, I just we, – we had a great camaraderie. And, uh, yeah, that whole year, you know, he, he so pushed me. So you guys split, split the net that year? Or? We did, yeah. yeah. He actually didn't come until, uh, like, a, a quarter of the way in the year. And we had – we had a North American guy kind of coming up with us, and I was getting some some playing time there. So yeah, we ended up splitting splitting games that year, and you know it was great. I was I was practicing with a you know an NHL draft pick goalie, and his goalie coach from Winnipeg actually came, and I got to work with the Winnipeg goalie coach, and I, I totally got better that year. And you know we weren't the strongest team, but I was getting. 32 plus shots a game some some upwards of 40s and a couple 50 <laughs> yeah. yeah so I you know I didn't have the best record but um that's when the schools really started started talking to me and uh you know the first time well I don't know if you want to transition to schools right now but that's kind of my story with the juniors no go ahead absolutely yeah I mean um so we played a couple preseason games in Sioux Falls and I did pretty well and you know I was feeling confident so yeah yeah obviously I ended up choosing Sioux Falls and um, we had a showcase in Omaha, Nebraska. That's the USHL Fall Classic Showcase. And I was hearing buzz 
about the showcase that there's like hundreds of NHL scouts, hundreds of college teams, and this is the place to be if you want to be, you know, recruited. And that fired me up. Like I was really excited, you know, it's a new team and, uh, you know, a new league. And, uh, you know, growing up in Alaska, I knew that every opportunity you get to be in front of scouts, you got to perform because we don't get that opportunity all the time. And that's just an Alaskan pride thing I have. And I'm sure a lot of other Alaskan kids have. Yeah, it is is a pretty special thing. Yeah. And did well at the, uh, the showcase. And I had a line of coaches after the showcase and that was a pretty cool experience. And I called him after, and he's like, no, you did, you're bullshitting me. <laughs> I said, Coach, I, Dad, I talked to, like, six different schools just now. And, uh, yeah, he didn't believe it. But Maine was one of those schools. And then Cornell, um, Ohio wow. State, Minnesota, and a couple others. But, yeah, um, you know, just being in that locker room after that showcase, I was I was pretty excited to where my career was going to go after that. So she played for Scotty Owens. And just to give listeners a, a – a, taste of how old, old scotty is he he was a coach i played in rochester minnesota ushl it's not even a team anymore obviously uh scotty owens coached the madison capitals so he's yeah, been he around did. a while so he's also a goalie another goalie yep. coach so yep. so how how was it playing for that and then obviously went on to cc and yep. he's done great let I mean, it up yeah. yeah i mean he was he was a great coach. He had a lot of experience. You know, you couldn't second guess him because he's been through everything twice. You know, it seemed like, and uh, he had great assistant coaches too, and that helped a lot. But you know, I think the best thing about that team was just no matter how, you know, bad a game was going or anything, we just kept competing, and that was the most thing. That was uh, you know the best thing I took out of that year. Yeah. So you have all these colleges. At what point in your career do you look at? It maybe it was probably before this. Like I, I'm, I'm. I'm going to make it. And maybe it was that, it was that fateful day with that, that getting cut from Brown Bears. But what do you say? I'm, I'm going to make it here. I mean, this, this is really happening. And then it, it really does snowball kind of after that. I mean, after you get cut from Kenai, it's mm-hmm. you go down there, you go to Pikes Peak, you perform. Now you're at USHL, which those that don't know, people listening to this podcast probably know. You go to USHL, it's like, a, <laughs> I don't know what the percentage is, but 99%. It it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 you're almost a D1 shoe at that point. But as you know, um, you don't take anything for granted. I think that's a big part of your success. Just and This is just me looking <laughs> inside. You know, It's just that that's awesome. So, so you have all these schools um, courting you, basically. And what's so special about about Maine, and yeah. who and who was a close second? Close second was probably Minnesota. I, I like Ooh. Minnesota. Yeah. Well, Shearhorn went there, but there is a crazy story about the U, the U, the, the, U. U. the big yeah. U. Yeah. Um, so when I was talking to all these big schools and stuff, they were promising a lot. And what did that make me think of? Beauport right away. <laughs> I swear to God. No, I swear to God. Again, another shout out. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out. Thank you. And I was like fuck those promises, man. I'm serious. Yeah. Like I, I, I lived through it and you know, I don't want anything promised. I want to earn it. And so you get, you get Lucia coming in and talking to you and obviously great coach, great, amazing career. Like think the world, like, he is, yeah, I think the world of him, but you know, he's saying you're going to come in as a true freshman next year and you're going to compete for games and possibly get more games at Shearhorn after he's played what 90 consecutive games in three years. Like he's got an NCAA record or something. And I love Shearhorn. I grew up yeah. with him kind of, and, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff just didn't sit right with me. You know, I don't like those promises being made right beforehand. Uh, and, 
a lot of other schools did the same thing. He said, you know, we got junior goalie, senior goalie that have outrageous stats, and you're going to come in and take the job. And so, yeah, that fires me up. But at the same time, uh, when Maine came in, he said, you're going to have to earn every minute you play. And those are both the assistant coaches, Ben Gite and Jay Leach. And they said, you're going to have to earn every minute you play. And that, that struck a chord with me because I knew that that was legit. And ended up doing – I didn't even know who Maine was either. So it's like funny, Sioux Falls. And, man, I had no idea they had these teams. And uh, did our research and was blown away. The goalie success they've had. Um, Factory. It, it was yeah. incredible. And then, uh, you know, the amazing Alphonse Arena. And I knew, like, growing up in Anchorage, you know, it's kind of a small town. And, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to be in a community like, like Anchorage, uh, you know, somewhere to escape, go nature, do a little hike or – you know, just somewhere I wouldn't get lost with 40,000, 50,000 kids like these Big Ten schools. And not that the Big Ten schools weren't attractive. Like, that's a pretty, pretty fun place to play. But, you know, I just knew that being in a community like I grew up in was going to be special for me. And playing for, a, for a, a community that is so faithful about their hockey club was a special thing for me. And Maine offered that and then some. So, so you, you go to Maine, and, and so I was talking to uh, a couple people today, but – I was trying to figure out how many Alaskans have gone to Maine. Do you know? I don't know the exact number. The height, Barrett Heiston. Yeah, the Heistons did. Chris Heiston, Barrett Heiston, and mm -hmm. the first one was Tony Link. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, who would play with me. That's how old it goes. But but it's relatively <laughs> yeah. new. I mean, I was actually thinking there was, like, more Alaskans that gone there, but right. you're, like, the fourth guy to, to, to yeah, go there. And uh, Alphon Arena, how cool is that? I've only seen um, – video on online but it yeah. looks like it's it's it looks like a pretty magical place i mean one totally. of those one of those arenas with a lot of character a lot of i mean you talked about the fans and i, I again i creeped a, a, a little bit here <laughs> but i mean the fan support there is 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 just unrate outrageous right i mean Unmatched. it's just crazy yeah old broads singing you, you said something where they were like chanting everything on one of the podcasts it stuck with me where you're the, you look up these old days are like every word they knew every word to every chant you're like no that's that's buy-in at every level so, every level um so i mean just unbelievable uh so you, you leave maine now uh i have to look at my stats i'm sorry but this is this is crazy um well first of all you get there and you 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 before I go to that, you get there and you end up getting the, the job basically as a freshman. Mm -hmm. So again, you go back to when you got cut and it's like, no, I'm taking the, I'm taking the reins. I'm doing it for, and you really never let it go. You, for all three years there, you are the man in every sense of the word. Um, so you leave Maine. I, this is, I got to read this. You leave Maine as all time leader in saves minutes played you rank second best in school history and goals against average behind a guy named Jimmy Howard. And now it's safe to say you stay one more year. That's your record, right? <laughs> no, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, come on, let's go. Is he good? I mean, <laughs> he's not bad. Uh, so, but this year was the year. I mean, you, you, I mean, you were, you were solid before, but this is your, you, you blew up. I mean, it, 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 Swayman just is, is unstoppable. And that's, I follow a lot because my son plays now, and I follow a lot of that. And it's like the the chatter is, I mean, you're on everyone's radar at that point. 
if you weren't before, you were really, everyone's talking about you. And if you Google this guy or YouTube the guy, there's like 50 videos. Yeah, good luck. I've got none. How many do you have, Walt? Zero. 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 Anyone else? No. No one's got anyone. It just, so take us through what was so special about this year that you just, you hit another gear and like, like again, I think you're on the way up. I mean, I don't think it's the end, obviously. It's just Thank, yeah. the beginning. Uh, my coach, Coach Red Gendron, has a, yeah. one of my favorite quotes from him is, you can't buy experience at Target. And so without <laughs> my – I'm serious, yeah. So without my freshman and sophomore year, this year couldn't have happened. And, you know, another reason why I chose Maine was because of Red. And, you know, his commitment basically telling what changed my attitude was not only is he going to make me a better player, but he's going to make me a better person. And that was important to me, and obviously he loved that. And so he did that. And I, I, you know, cannot thank him enough. He's a, one of the greatest role models I have. And, um, you know, along with Alfie Michaud and the other coaches. But that, That's your goalie coach, yeah? Yeah, Alfie yeah. Michaud, I could talk in, I could talk hours about that guy. He's yeah, a you, got a, you, got a lot of, uh, you got a lot of Alfie stuff on your uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a guru, man. And, uh, no, without him, this year doesn't happen as well. And that's a, you know, that, that's, that was a big deciding factor, too, of if I was going to sign or not this year because, you know, another year with Alfie wouldn't have been the worst thing in my life. And, you know, that's uh, that all went into play. Well, you, you sign you sign with the Bruins. Um, at, at some point, it's got to be a little bittersweet. I mean, leaving Maine, leaving your boys you've been with for, especially your class of, of guys. I know that's mm. special, and, and you carry those relationships as you do all your hockey relationships. But those guys in college, you're there with for a long time. I mean, it's mm. it's a long time, so it had to be a, a kind of a gut wrenching um, decision. Well, yeah, even though it's no brainer <laughs> you know you know i mean yeah maine was the first team i've played on for more than one year since right. like high school yeah yeah because i've been bouncing around each year um but yeah the relationships i made uh you know brothers for life like in every sense of the word just like you said earlier but you know it wasn't only that but it was the community the the other school like i would go into a class and the professor would start talking about me in like the stock market world he said you're gonna need a goalie like swim and you're gonna need bonds because he needs to slow <laughs> you guys down <laughs> it was so funny like finance professor you loved it and uh you know i it was just such a great community to be a part of man and like every time i think about it it was that's why it was such a tough decision because i loved it so much yeah. and so much went into the decision but just like you said you know uh, you get a you get a contract in front of you and and it's such a good and amazing organization you're not going to say no to that so at the end of the day it was my decision to go and i couldn't be more excited about that oh it's oh, huge and and you're yeah. you're set up we're going to get to that but you're kind of set up pretty good with the boston bruins i mean as far as uh a couple older a couple older older guys yeah. that are obviously good but um you're, you're kind of set up there but but uh, real quick, I gotta I gotta give you an unbelievable shout out here. Um, I gotta watch my kid play at Providence. So I'm watching. I watch on whatever they. Um, on, I'm watching on my. Actually, I'm watching the so big CBS. screen as you CBS. do. You, you know what I said. CBS. CBS. All CBS. All, all access sports. <laughs> I'm watching, and uh, that's the first time I've actually actually watched you play a whole game, and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, get out shot 48 to 24. And Did you not see the first game of the year? <laughs> I saw the first game of the year where they got they got beat seven nothing, right? Yeah. So you were in net for all seven. But now this is a this is a different this is next level stuff. So you're you're facing Providence, which is high powered offense with Dugan and, and Tice Thompson, great guy. Mm. Uh, and and but it's just like pucks in your end the whole time. Blah, 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 blah. And it's not like the funny thing about that game, it wasn't like 
shots from the side and your defense are keeping them off the side. It was like grade A scoring <laughs> opportunities where the guy's like, the guy's almost announcing, and the digging, and it's in the, no, Swayman. I mean, unbelievable Good. game. I was like, I was enthralled, and I'm happy for my son. Don't get me wrong, but but, but I was like, Sway, I mean, you're an Anchorage kid. I was, I, I, it was cool. It was cool to watch as, as an Alaskan hockey player. But uh, take us through that game. I mean, because you look up, one thing I looked up on, on YouTube was highlights, and Half the highlights of that game of you robbing those guys. It was awesome. <laughs> I like got a yeah. 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 Um, that game, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, it could have been, you know, my last game at home at the Alphon. And I, I kind of knew that going into it. And it was senior night, and we didn't have a shoe in for home ice playoffs yet. And, uh, you know, certain teams like UConn had to lose uh, to Lowell or something. And, you know, we were playing at the same time. So I don't know what the score is or anything. And so that was – that was just an added, uh, you know, element to the game and the hype and everything. But you know, just the motivation and it was packed. It was sold out game. Yeah, it, and, was, uh, it was unbelievable. It was it was really a dream, man. It was like the perfect way to end, you know, my college career. It sucked how it ended, obviously, but I'm saying like, yeah, um, you know, it, it, it was a perfect way. But yeah, it was a it was an amazing game. Uh, you know, the biggest thing for me was just, you know, enjoying every moment of it. And yeah. I didn't look at the big picture of things. Yeah, there's an extra, there's added motivation to win that for our seniors because they've done so much for our, our organization. They took us under their wing. And, you know, I think that senior class and my sophomore class, you know, or the junior class, uh, you know, really changed that program around, uh, you know, to where it was uh, like five, six years ago. And so we took pride in that. And again, just to win at home that one last time for this year and, and, uh, you know, me being part of that, you know, that last class, uh, that was pretty special for us. Well, the way you threw your arms up at the end, it was, it was like, well, I was it, actually, was, it was, you were amped up. A you lot were, of people don't know I was crying. I, awesome. I really was. Yeah. yeah. I, it was just this weird feeling like, whole, I don't know if uh, this was going to be my be, last game. Yeah, last the ever be back. Ever be back. That's and it. it sucked because we had, you, or UConn ended up losing. So we would have had home playoffs against UConn at home, who was the only team that beat us at home that year. We had thirteen and one record and like thirteen one and five, so it was an amazing year to play at uh, play at the Alphon. Well, it, it's like and it's again, it's too bad the COVID kind of put a damper on everything. But where where could you guys have gone? I mean, you guys were picked to finish eighth, right? And yeah, I think you finished the fourth, coach, and so, we love that. We love that too. And yeah. and and so like in that hockey East, and I gotta say, no no offense to the other conferences, but hockey East has got to be the place to play right now i agree i, I agree. mean you're looking at from i can't remember what it was uh but you're the differential between points from like eighth to third is like six points mm-hmm. i mean it's like a couple games Wild. here there it's probably the closest year it's ever been unbelievable like, insane unbelievable yeah so you get done you're, you're you're done i mean um with with uh with maine but uh what how do you feel going into like your first pre- professional career and now the nhl is ramping back up so yeah. there's a chance yeah you know may play this year maybe who knows but yeah. um but you're looking into obviously next year coming in and 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 seeing what you can do and and then with your with your great attitude i don't, I don't see <laughs> i feel sorry for those guys but um but you're, you're in a good spot with with boston mm-hmm. and you agree i mean you got some aging uh, great players and tuka rask sure. and halak but you're gonna come in there and start swinging are you not <laughs> yeah no that's uh it's only going to help each other you know if i come in and compete my ass off it's only going to make each other like you know the other guys the other guys better and that's what i've figured out you know throughout my college career was yeah i had a 
you know, a, a mentality of I want to be the man every time. But, you know, without, uh, you know, my backup goalie, you know, Matt Thiessen and, and Steven Mundinger this year, I wouldn't have been as good as I could have been because, you know, every practice was compete, compete, compete. Like I would lose to them and I'd be pissed, you know, you know, sticks were broken and stuff. Yeah. So it was that mentality of, of, you know, competing my ass off that made me better and obviously them too. And so, um, you know, that's what, that's the mentality I'll take into this next level. And uh, I understand that the pro game's a little different, but at the end of the day, you're stopping pucks and I couldn't be more excited. I think Walt that. said that. You have one job. Stop the pucks. <laughs> be simple, big, simple pucks. game. Yeah. So, I, I, real quick, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about, uh, I mean, Hobie Baker. I mean, dude, how, how huge how huge is that just to get being in the running, number one, and then now you're like the final three? Three? Didn't you finish top three? Top yeah. three. Wow. Yeah. I read, a, read an article where I was second. I don't know who got that vote, but it was like wow. just there, yeah. But... No, that's a huge honor uh, to be in the same conversation of those 10 finalists and then to be, uh, you know, pick for the top three with Kalgucci and Perunovic. I actually know Perunovic pretty well, played with him in World Juniors, and him and I buddied up pretty well there. So, you know, as soon as it got announced, he FaceTimed me, and we were you know, just, like, ecstatic. Like, who would have thought, you know, because no, we were never USA guys growing up. Like, all the USA NTDP guys usually yeah. win that. And we are like, who would have thought, right? And so it was pretty pretty cool experience to share that with him. But, uh yeah, I know. I mean, we've been talking about the Hobie Bakers since college hockey. Like, I ever got into college hockey. Oh, you're going to, you know, uh, can you imagine if you ever won the Hobie Baker? And uh, you know, it's just a pipe dream, right? And Yeah, you had a legit, you had a legit chance right. to win the Hobie Baker. Yeah, so that was a, a extremely cool experience. And, you know, being in con like, as soon as I got picked, like, I got in contact with the Hobie Baker committee. And just being a part of that community, in itself was like holy cow like these guys have talked to some of the greatest hockey players in the world you know before they they made it into the nhl and uh you know just being in that community now i think uh i'm actually going to a golf tournament in early august if everything works out with covid you know with the hobie baker committee too so that's gonna be cool to finally meet them because i didn't get to go to the ceremony right and so they're gonna do a good job of you know making uh making it all work that way so i couldn't be more excited about that well it's uh i mean <laughs> That's the type of stuff you dream about as a kid, Evan, being even in, in the same breath as uh, the name Hobie Baker. But um, like back to your career, what was the one point in your career where you said, you know, like pro hockey's an option? Like a lot of a lot of guys from Alaska, I think, are more of the I want to play college hockey. That first and foremost, play college hockey, get an education. Right. Uh, at what point you're like, man, I could. I could make a career out of this and play pro hockey. I mean, when when is that point in your career? Uh, the draft helped that point. Yeah, when I got drafted in 2017, um, even that process was, you know, wild, like kind of unknown. I didn't talk to – I think I talked to Boston one time during my year at Sioux Falls. Uh, I actually went to a pre-draft camp in Toronto, and that was like a week before the draft, and they said, yeah, we're going to look, you know, look to get you. And, and uh you know, that was pretty cool talking to NHL teams. Uh, you know, that was just kind of a pipe dream too. And so the draft definitely, uh, you know, kind of let us realize that, okay, this can be a legit thing, but you know, the, the draft doesn't mean anything until you sign a contract. And, right. and, you know, I knew that that was my next goal. So setting that next goal, uh, was important to me and I wasn't going to let, you know, anything get in the way of that. And so now that I signed my contract, the next goal, Stanley Cup, baby. <laughs> I know yeah. it's, a big, it's a big one Dude, to say. Yes, yeah, yeah but uh, that's important. Expect to me. nothing less. <laughs> I mean, so so now that you've 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 foregone your your 
not going back to Maine. Um, and this is kind of a question for both. I can't know the answer, but <clears throat> um, doctor, dad's doc, um, is there any plans to go back and, and finish the degree or? One hundred percent. Yeah, obviously there is. One hundred percent. Yeah, so uh, I actually put myself in a pretty good situation. I was taking a lot of summer classes and winter classes. I'm sure you know about those. And um, I'm ahead of where I should be as a junior. And that's going to give me a lighter load for my senior year, which I'm going to be able to do online, which Maine offers all these classes online. So I'm actually like struggling to find classes to take because I've already taken the majority of my business classes. Like I'm so you're, you're business, business, business management. Yep. yep. Nice. And so like, good choice. last semester I took ballet and stuff like that, that. Yeah, so. how'd that go you take that online or uh no i took it in person <laughs> and uh i think honestly that actually helped me so much with hockey like i i still do some bar routines like at home for workouts and stuff but yeah ballet nice. was pretty fun like just getting in uh you know i met so many and... new people yeah um but yeah just looking for classes now to take kind of and it's going to be very doable for me is what i'm trying to say and you know uh, I'm still in contact with all my academic advisors and stuff. And it's definitely, I could possibly graduate on time too with my class, which would be pretty special for me. Unlike Pete McEnany, unlike myself, I got to say five years. It's funny you bring up Pete, same story from the U small town guy. Yeah. Went to the U mm-hmm. same, same thing. He, he said the exact same thing you said. You get there. It's like, uh, holy cow. There, there's, you know, 50,000 people or whatever. And he said the same thing. It's kind of cool that you you picked you picked Maine. Didn't Maine go after Pete too? I Maine, Harvard, and Lake Superior, right? For the Asker. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, but it was it's 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 wow. Two yeah. small town guys, both complaining, not complaining, but like being part too of the, big. Yeah. Well, how how big. how big is? And I should look this up. How yeah. big is University of Maine? Like student body, like eight thousand? No, eleven thousand. Eleven thousand. Yeah. So but but a, but a compared to like University of Wisconsin, exactly, University of Minnesota, yeah. you're like fifty, sixty. 70 I don't exactly. know what's out of it. so that that spoke a lot of you're the I mean mm. uh black bear on campus you're the big black bear right <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. come yeah, on yeah, right. <laughs> do, you, do you you must take that on your hikes too like yeah. I'm the big back bear. back down <laughs> big black out of bear, here Blackie, get out of here yeah so um but just an unreal career and, and what, what I like about this one is like I said before it is our first podcast where we've had a guy kind of I don't want to say the middle of your career because I don't even know where your career is going. Hopefully, it keeps going. But you're you're on the on the Launching up and up, pad, yeah. and uh, and uh, it's been a pleasure to have you guys on. And you should let the dog run around. Yeah, yeah. You know, Reed Reed's been pushing for Swayman, Swayman, Swayman for past couple weeks. I got and ghosted a couple times. Well, well no, <laughs> but that's all I had. But but he stayed with it. He stayed with it. He stayed with it. And I can tell you right now, I, I, you know, the first time that I uh, the first time I met you, uh, it was you talking to Merritt and me realizing that you had a Boston quarter zip on and main black bear shorts on. And I'm I like, think I know who this guy yeah, is. I'm like, Hey man, are you going to come on the podcast or not? So like, I, you know, I, you're like, yeah, absolutely. And you pull out your phone right then. And, and, uh, you, you, you talk to me, you, you know, you didn't just blow me off or anything like, yeah, whatever, you know, go away. You sat there talking like, yeah, man, I want to come on and everything else like that. And you can, you could tell from, you know, your dad, you know, well, I mean, you know, he's yeah. the one that raised you and, you know, you know, you shake hands, you look people in the eyes, you're very well-spoken and, and, uh, yeah, like Reed said, I can see why he wanted to have you on and, and I'm glad that we did Big because so, your unreal interview. Before we leave, uh, who were some of the players you kind of looked up to? I mean, other than your dad, you can tell your dad. I can just tell I haven't just met you guys. You, your dad and you have a great relationship, yeah. and obviously you admire the hell out of him, which is 
Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's he's alright. We'll keep him around. We'll keep him around. A little crazy sometimes. That's alright. You didn't get the accent. Well, he's a he's a goalie dad. Damn it, he's a goalie goalie dad. dad. Yeah, they're a little crazy. But who we could talk hours about this guy? (laughs) Oh man, no, it's good. Uh, Guys, I looked up to. um, You know, obviously we didn't have a team here. You know, growing up in Alaska, and so I obviously I just found my goalies. I like goalies looking up to, and so Braden Holpe was a big one early on. Favorite goalie of all time. Uh, favorite goalie of all time, I couldn't name. I mean, I didn't really start watching hockey until I was in probably Sioux Falls. Like, I, like, I didn't, I didn't really, like, <laughs> love, like, watching hockey. You'd be like, why aren't you watching NHL? And I'm like, ah, do something else. No, seriously. And so, um. No cable? No, we, we had cable. I just didn't use it for, I was watching, like, some bullshit shows. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Bullshit oh, shows. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, no, um. Yeah, Brayden Holpe, I liked him a lot. I liked how he moved. He's super athletic. Um, you know, Jonathan Quick, even. He's an American guy. and um, you Stud. Know, some yeah, serious stud. success in the league. Turco. I mean. Work ethic. I mean, maybe you watched him, but that's about yeah. And so Marty Turco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now, like, I've always evolved. Like, I don't want to just stand on something. I, I want to evolve with the game, too, whether that's, you know, changing up a style or changing up pads. And Alfie helped me with that the most. He said, first thing I ever talked, when I talked to him on my visit, he's like, Sway, I'm never going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you every option, and you're going to do what works best for you. And he wow. said, you can tell me to just piss off on certain things, and you can take some things I, t- I tell you and run with it. And that's what really sparked the relationship with him and I. I, I knew that this was going to be the right guy to look up to and to learn from. And so that's what I've done. And so with goalies now, like I'm in, I, I'm in love with these, you know, these younger guys, like Carter Hart. I watched him at world juniors in person. Kind of hot. Kind of hot. Kind of hot. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, Jordan Pennington having the success in the league that he's had and just being these young guys. And, you know, I don't want to say that I, I play a certain style because I don't, you know, I, yeah. at the end of the day, I don't care how I look. I just want to stop the puck. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, uh, just the competitive mindset is important to me and flexibility and athleticism, uh, probably my strength, skating ability. And that's, that's what I kind of want to run to. Well, I mean, the, the, the position of goaltender has changed since I played yeah. real hockey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, back then it was like, you went down, Oh man, go, go top corner. The guy is flopping like a fish. Go up top. <laughs> now it's like, now everyone does it and they're stopping the puck, but it's, it's yeah. changed so much. So keeping up with that changes. My personal favorite all time NHL goalie is Martin brother. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe it's Gomez thing. I don't know, but I think he's a stud. Well, yeah. Red coached him. Yeah, my coach in Maine. There you so go. He would always tell me Marty Brodeur stories. Yeah. So, and uh, uh, maybe we got to wrap it up here. Last question, maybe. Uh, any advice for you know young yeah. goalies who was one sitting right here, old Rito Harbison? For sure. Um, any, any advice for young just young players coming out of Alaska? Simple. Stay in the moment, man. Like. I got, I used to get caught up and, you know, if this doesn't happen, then my career is over kind of thing. And yeah, that helps to set goals. But, um, you know, if I didn't stay in the moment and kind of get this Zen mentality, uh, my mind would have been completely in shambles. And the best thing I learned from college was just controlling what I can control. Um, you know, I had games where I would look at the score clock and I would look at how much time was left, how many shots I had, how many goals I let in my save percentage I calculate save percentage and then I'd let in the next shot I'm serious and so as soon as I learned that I didn't have to make anything bigger than it was and just have fun with the game 
like during whistles i'd go over to the corners i'd wink to a kid and stuff like that it was just something that could get me take your mind away exactly and vocalizing i would talk to the guys i'd bullshit with the refs during whistles like it was great and i was having fun with it like this year especially like i was literally laughing during tv timeouts with uh with alfie sometimes like it was just simple things like that and just enjoying the game made me so much more in tune with the game too and just being in that moment and it really it was it was a simple formula but it was so true you know how long did it take you to figure that out (laughs) 21 years (laughs) exactly exactly so those kids still haven't figured it out man well hey uh thank you for coming on uh sway can i call you sway now absolutely all right thanks bopa for giving us this (laughs) yeah bopa thank you for all you've done but um and and I, I love the story. I mean, those are the type of stories we want to come out where you, you've had a little adversity and yeah. your perseverance, and, and obviously you're taking that. And we're we're thinking of big things in the future. Yeah, I love how you. you brought your old I'd like, yeah. I love how you brought first your old First pop of the old, the old man. First time that Thanks, I went Doc. like, it, like yeah. you asked, and I think it's awesome that you came to yeah. support your kid. Yeah. Appreciate it's been, it. It's been a pleasure, guys. Class act, all you guys. All right, and you love the uh, Odd Man Rush half of Isaac. He does. (laughs) On on tab now. (laughs) All right, guys, thanks for coming, and uh, I think it's time for a dump and change. Appreciate it.